Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Previously on Set Condition One. Can I put the baby in an air fryer? I'm just going to isolate you saying, can I put the baby in an air fryer? Cut all of this. And that's the opener for next week. No, God, no. I I won't do that to you. (laughs) I might. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look and feel human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host and SC1 actual Caleb. And joining me in a tent, trying to bandage their own eye, is the Exo Kitsy. <laughs> Calm down, damn it! You've got to start <laughs> thinking clearly here, Chief, or she's dead. I think I said that with a lot more aggression than Ty did in the show, but whatever. I mean, Ty is known to to yell. He is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fair. And uh, possibly dead from a firing squad we don't know oh, yet God. is the former president of the, the Twelve Colonies <laughs> in the podcast, Andrea. A former president could be dead. Not not having a great day here at a Quinn no headquarters. Quinn headquarters. Quinn HQ. QHQ. QHQ. Oh, I love that. That's very good. Thank you. It's very good. You're welcome. You're welcome. You can have that one for free. I won't even trademark it. Bless your heart. (laughs) So. Uh, last episode ended on a, a, a hell of a cliffhanger. It was uh, originally released as a, a, um, a an extended length special and was uh, broken into to two parts uh, for your streaming pleasure. Hence, we had Occupation and Precipice. Uh, and as we ended Precipice, we were on the precipice. <laughs> you see, that's, that's why they did that. Uh, with a... Uh, <laughs> A firing line of centurions uh, about to open up on the uh, the president, uh, former president, sorry, uh, Laura Roslin. You can stick uh, with president. I'm okay with it. Vice President Tom Zarek, uh, Callie, and a bunch of other people who we're supposed to assume are important, but we don't know. But who gives a shit? But who gives a shit? Uh, as uh, the human collaborators are booking it out of there and the uh, the, the cavils are kind of sidling away. And the bullet heads, as I believe they're called now, mm-hmm. the bullet heads uh, line up to, uh, to fire. 
Yeah, we, we get uh, the, the moment when Jammer frees Callie and she runs away. And as she's running away, we hear uh, a bunch of gunfire. Mm-hmm. And, and then we get our favorite. That's uh, sad. My f- Previously on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I forgot we hadn't done that yet. <laughs> it's funny because I did the recap first. You tricked me. Because <laughs> it's what one is- hour earlier now. What even yeah. is time? What? Because that's what happens. That's what I was getting ready to say. They they did their favorite show you something and then oh, a flashback. Yeah. That's what they call it. That's right. Yeah. We have a famous Battlestar Galactica flashback to uh, one hour prior to the uh, presumed killing of the leaders of the, the insurgency. And we get a chance to see uh, real up close and personal with Saltai's missing eye, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which... I don't know about y'all, but my first thought was like, thank fuck they didn't get Daniel Day-Lewis or Gary Oldman to play Saltai, uh, because one of those motherfuckers would have actually removed his own eye to get into the role. <laughs> really limits their uh, do, roles moving forward, too. Do we know that Michael Hogan didn't? Uh, I mean, we have seen photo of him and uh, video footage of him with... Uh, two eyes now it's glass that's eye. not yeah i would say that we have no proof that it's not a glass eye or that he didn't somehow uh reinsert uh his original eye although uh that that seems like a an exercise in futility but i mean i'm i'm not an eye surgeon well not if he doesn't we can get real real gross if we want but i don't want to <laughs> I was... now, as long as he keeps it clean <laughs> <laughs> It's like in a glass of water. <laughs> Since we're talking so much about his eye now, I want to say that um, Michael Hogan does a lot of very good eye acting <laughs> in this episode. With the like, he's only got one of them, and he like he he's very expressive with it. Mm-hmm. And I lo- like we get all the close ups of it, like just the one eye, yeah. and it's like, but just like the he's got that look of like. Like I, I, it's a podcast, and I'm sitting here doing yes, the look. Yes, yeah. Keep showing yeah. us uh, more examples of Ty's look. Don't, so it looks like this, and it's just, it's, it's just a. Watch the episode; you'll get what I'm saying. It's just a good. We appreciate the visual. He's very good at eye acting, mm-hmm. is I what agree. I'm saying. Michael Hogan, eye actor. You know, I, I, I appreciated the character of Saul Ty in the past, but I feel like. More so on this watch through, I'm really appreciating Michael Hogan's mm-hmm. delivery of the character uh, and just like really feeling like the nuance of like a lot of these actors and like how much they put into uh, these characters. It's really just spectacular. Yeah. But Sal's uh, trying to trying to put a bandage over his missing eye and he's kind of struggling with it. And so Ellen offers to to help because, you know, I've got to imagine it's difficult to, to bandage your own one missing eye. She loves to be helpful. She does. She loves to be helpful. And she does nothing more <laughs> than to help Saul. Uh, help Saul? Help, help Saul? She's so helpful. But meanwhile, in comes the chief. In a, just a frantic state with a with a piece of paper, and he's like, "Callie's on the list, the list. Oh my God, the list! They're gonna what, kill her." What list? What are you talking about? Because <laughs> he just comes waving it around like everyone knows this list, and like 
Nobody knows the list. You know the list. <laughs> Nobody the list. knows. And uh, he, we get uh, the the little bit of exposition for him from him, where he's like, you know, it's a death list, and Kelly's name is on it. They're rounding people up already, and like, ah, <laughs> they got him on trucks. And Ty is just as calm as can be, which I I love this new like calm focus. I mean, we yeah. we went into detail about this in yeah. a pre- previous episode, but I just I love this new version of Ty that just has. Like laser focus, and he's like, you know, they they got this list is organized by transport vehicles. We see which one uh, Callie's on. We see the coordinates that the the Cylons have put uh, from our previous intel. We cracked their coordinate system. Go figure out where this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Take some men and rescue your wife. A plan. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't just be running around screaming. It's simple, you idiot. No, I I do. I love there's a there's a very distinct personality shift in Colonel Ty in season three. And I I don't think it's a spoiler to say onward. Like he he becomes a very different person after his time on New Caprica. Yes. And I I kinda like that. I think a lot of people do, but I think he like has the most dramatic shift. Uh and in a lot of ways for the, for the better. Um, but that line, uh, as, uh, the chief goes running off to figure out the plan where he's like, chief, pull it together. You won't do her any good if you get caught too. Besides the last thing your son wants is me and Ellen for parents, <laughs> which is very true. Good Absolutely point. true. Uh, but I just, I love this little, like this little bubble of characters that have mm-hmm. come together as the, the leadership of the, the insurgency and this relationship that they're building with Ty and the chief and Anders. The silence? Not so much with Ellen because <laughs> Ellen should go away. Um, but you know, the, this, this group, uh, so Tyrrell, uh, he, he finds the, the list of the, the frequencies, because apparently the frequencies are what helped them crack the, uh, the 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 code for the coordinates. I don't know how that works, man. I, Computers, they're, they're weird. Yeah, they're not my thing. <laughs> uh, but he figures it out, and he runs into uh, our old pal Celix. Like, yeah, hey, good day for a walk, huh? <laughs> and uh, he tells her to uh, get her men together. We're going out to Pergamus Flats. Uh, which a couple things about that one the uh the captioning i don't i don't know if y'all used the the captioning when you were watching uh but the captioning could not understand pergamus and instead presented me with burglar's flats and uh after breeders canyon i was real stoked about burglar's flats and i really wanted to know like what their standard was for naming places <laughs> i feel like I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like they got there and these things were already named somehow, but that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Unless they, like, somehow found ancient writings. Mm. I feel like they would have told us about that. That would have been a very interesting plot point that they would have left out. But uh, Pergamus is actually a, a, a figure from uh, from Greek mythology and also a uh, town in ancient Crete. So it very much fits with the overarching mythology uh, behind Battlestar. So uh, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, Burglar's Flats would have been dope. Another interesting thing while we're... (laughs) 
Chuckle fucks. While we're on the subject of captions, something I noticed that, Andrea, I don't think you did, which is good. I is that... don't know how to read, so. <laughs> Aren't you an English teacher? I'm an English teacher. I never said I was an English reader. Okay, Those fair. who can't do teach, remember? That's, okay, all right. That's exactly right. Fair, fair. Uh, I love teachers. <laughs> In the in the ver- it needs to be said. In the in the version we watched, uh, they referred to Sharon by the wrong name in the captions. Oh. Yeah, by a name that we already know, or by a new one. Uh, a new one. Oh, I think you, I know. You know which one? What does one. that mean? I what does do that mean? <laughs> well, uh, as we mentioned, in, and, and we're not going to give this away, but as we mentioned in previous episodes, Sharon has been sworn back in as an officer in the Colonial Fleet, which means she's going to get a call sign. Oh, I love that. Which will be a really great way to make it easier for us to distinguish between yeah. the, the important mm-hmm. Sharons that we yes. know. I hope it's Boomerer. <laughs> Even more Boomer. <laughs> boomer 2. <laughs> electric Boogaloo. Oh, God. It's a long call sign. Electric Boomerloo. <laughs> Galactica Boomer 2 Electric Boom <laughs> I'm on approach <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue It really does Oh my god, no it does not But um, yeah, it, I thought that was I, I, I thought that was really interesting That they were referring to her by her new call sign That she doesn't have yet in the captions I Well I guess we'll have to wait and see Because I know that she gets the new call sign But I don't know if she's supposed to have it now Or if she like, gets it later After like a successful mission Or something like that I, I, can't I think she gets it in the next episode But I'm not sure Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see Like We're kind of dancing around spoilers here But also this episode is called Exodus Part 1 So yeah, I like I feel okay. like right in the title like There's some shit that's, that's spoiled like, here Like what do you mm-hmm. think is going to happen in Part 2 They're going to um, st- st- settle permanently On New Caprica They're going to stay right where they are Vacation Part 2 They're going to uh, encounter a whole bunch of plagues And then they're going to wander in a <laughs> desert for 40 years That sounds right mm-hmm. But yeah so here we get uh a rehash uh, real quickly of the the rendezvous between the uh, the rescue fleet from our rescue group from the, the Galactica and the uh, insurgents. Sea uh, Bucks rule. Uh, and Go Panthers! We get to see from the the perspective of uh, Sharon and her team where she uh, like has some Marines stationed in in hiding to kind of watch their watch their back. You know, place your men on the ridge for cover. Uh, is how she puts it, uh, which is good because we saw in the last episode that the rendezvous gets ambushed, mm-hmm. but what we didn't see was that the Marines were prepared for that, and uh, while we did lose a couple of the, the insurgents, uh, you know, Sharon's like, you know, don't worry, we got this covered, and then she calls for her Marines, and they take out those uh, those bu- bullet heads. Bullet heads. I almost said bucket heads, but that's not right. <laughs> I kind of want them to be bucket heads. The only thing that I'm like really confused about here is like this rendezvous happened very close to uh, Pergamus Flats, where the uh, execution is about to happen. And how are these two groups not hearing uh, this massive amount of gunfire in what would otherwise be a pretty quiet wood? I'm just assuming the gunfire all happened simultaneously, so no one noticed. I am so confused. Okay, so I was right last week when I thought they were two different groups. Mm-hmm. So wait. But here's the thing. Who? How uh, many groups are there? There are four. 
Okay, so yeah, let's let's break this down. So there is the group of insurgents led by Sam Anders, the pyramid player. The Cylon. Uh, there is the uh, rescue team from Galactica led but by Sharon. The group of insurgents are going to, in theory, rescue Callie, right? That's a different group. There is a different group of insurgents led by, led by the chief and Celix, which is why I think Kitsy's theory that the gunfire all happened at the same time is probably the most plausible solution because uh, as we learn just before the Cylons open fire on the last group, the the group to be executed, Celix and her Marines or her troops, I guess, the, the her insurgents take out the bullet heads, take out the Cylons. But they just got lucky that they were there then? Yeah, they, they made okay. it just in time because okay. like that that was Chief's well, whole plan was to get there in time to save Callie. Yeah. I mean, fuck everyone else, but like... He, <laughs> well, I, I imagine a, he would have tried to save other people, too, if he could. He totally um, would have. <laughs> but I, I love the, the the bit where, um, you know, Callie... Because uh, Callie got freed by uh, by Jammer. Jammer mm-hmm. is free of Callie. Jammer, <laughs> Jammer is destroy uh, handcuff. Um, <laughs> and... So she takes off running and they're getting ready to shoot at the, uh, the bullet heads and, uh, but Callie's in the way and Celix says like, if, you know, if we shoot, we're going to hit her. So Tyrrell says count to five and then shoot and just takes off running mm-hmm. and basically tackles her as Celix counts to five and starts shooting. And it's, it's just, it's very, it's very romantic. Excellent timing too. It's that's what I was just gonna say, especially because it's not like they had any prior time to coordinate. So just imagining being Callie, being let go and being told to run, like I'd be like, "Where the fuck do I go?" And she literally runs into her husband's arms, who just happens to be there because he's the best. It's just you don't get luckier than that. I also love the exchange uh, between Celix and one of the other men, where uh, yeah, the the guy sees the the Cavill and like one other. He's like. Two skin jobs. Should we take them down? And so it's like, where there's skin jobs, there are bullet heads. So for they, they've got all sorts of slurs now. It's yeah. uh, bring up the RPG. That's when you know shit's going to get good. Also, we've got a lovely exchange between uh, Roslyn and Tom Zarek. Because as the shooting starts, Roslyn grabs Tom and like they you know, kind of roll down the hill together out of the way of the firing and uh, as they're dust getting up and dusting themselves off uh, tom says uh you know it's been a long time since a woman's thrown me to the ground and he's like it's not as fun as i remembered <laughs> <laughs> i love that these two seem to have developed a, a mutual respect as mm-hmm. well i mean mm-hmm. i think i actually think it's fair to say that zarek always had a respect for uh, oh, laura yeah. Roslin, mm-hmm. uh but Maybe never any like you know any love lost there, uh, but I think the two of them have come to a bit of an understanding, especially now that they've realized that they've both been seriously betrayed by Gaius Baltar. Uh, Gaius, Gaius fracking Baltar. <laughs> Before I forget, I need to make a quick sidebar because I, I wanted to point this out uh, in a previous episode, and I totally forgot. Um, but sadgeezer.com has, it's a very busy website. Um, but got I, a lot going on. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on. I discovered during recording one of our episodes that down along the, uh, the right hand side, uh, below a bunch of links and like a search box and whatnot, there's a, a little 
little text field called Cool Quotes. Uh, and when like, I saw that, I was like, is this, like a, is this a highlight from the episode? Do right. they take like their favorite quote? For, no, That'd it's just great. a random quote. <laughs> uh, like the the first time I saw it, I, don't, I can't remember who it was. It was like a Vonnegut quote or something like that. Live, laugh, love. This time, the, this, this uh, I don't know what, what the cadence is. Like if I refresh the page, would it change? I don't want to because this is hilarious. It's a Robert Heinlein quote. <laughs> Once a month, some women act like men act all the time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Cool quote. Cool quote, guys. <laughs> what the fuck? God. What is, so <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. anything. And why is it there? <laughs> so I'm refreshing the page, and my quote is not changing. What is yours? Did you get a different quote? Uh, uh, my quote is, speak friend and enter. Oh, like from uh, Lord of the Rings. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's excellent. But there is a next quote button, so I can go to the next one. Oh, and it's the oh. same quote. Look at I that. I think we should have a cool quotes, cool quotes corner every week from now on. Yeah. And this week, <laughs> really. Yeah, my quote's it. not changing. Bummer. This. This no, fucking website, man. They gave you gold. Ooh. <laughs> if I go to a different, uh, a different page, I get a different quote though. Hmm. Now it's evil right, beware. Fine. We have waffles. What is that? What? What does that mean? Teen Titans, apparently. Oh. They can't that's just that, like any words. Usually a quote out of its out of the context of the thing it came from makes sense if you're gonna highlight it this way. They just like quotes. So the uh the Various insurgent groups uh, re- uh, meet up together, and um, yeah, one of the Marines says to Sharon, "Like you know, they were waiting for us, LT, uh, right where we thought." And uh, one of the insurgents finds uh, the map that Anders had drawn uh, and that Ty had given to Ellen to burn, mm-hmm. and the one that she totally on, burned. She totally yep, burned definitely it. Burned it. Yeah. So like. It's just, it's like complete coincidence and like nothing at all untoward that it just happened to be on the person of a dying uh, cavil, which also really appreciate the, uh, I think it's Celix that uh, kind of like, she sees a, the cavil reaching for a gun, she kicks it away and she's like, hurts, huh? Good. I hope it hurts a long, long time till you go to Download City. And they just leave him there. And he gets big mad about it. He does get big mad about it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Cavill holds grudges. But yeah, so they they realize they, you know, they've, they've been ambushed. So that means that the, uh, the Cylons were waiting for them. They were ready for this rendezvous to happen. Um, and they see the map. And they put all the pieces together. And uh, Anders realizes that they've been betrayed. And specifically, they've been betrayed by Ellen. Who could have seen that coming? I am shocked, personally. <laughs> I still can't believe that it wasn't that I just don't understand Ty. He's he should be smarter than that. Well, I think if he was smarter than that, he wouldn't be married to her anymore. I, is I the guess thing. that's true. Like, you know, he puts up with a lot of shit from her, so clearly anyway. Oh, Ty. So the uh the insurgencies uh, they're they're in a bit of a way. But uh meanwhile, we get a freaky dream sequence where uh the, one of the threes, uh the Deanna, uh she she sees herself kind of wandering around uh, New Caprica City, uh, which I mean, like super clever naming people. Like, way to way to really go out on a limb there. Uh, and sees like various like colonial like religious imagery, and she hears a baby crying, and then she sees herself carrying the child, and she realizes that like 
Uh, I think we're supposed to believe that like she's realizing that it's the the hybrid child, the the uh, Hera, uh, and then she wakes up. And you know what? I actually want to uh, I want to stick with that. There's a a couple of kind of meh scenes that happen uh, next, but uh, she goes on a little walk and she finds herself uh, a local oracle, Amanda Plummer, who is just great. playing herself. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Uh, like it was like immediately after the uh, the last episode that we recorded. I feel like <laughs> just got a message from you. I love Amanda Plummer. <laughs> I do. She's also. Yeah. I just started watching Ratchet, and she's uh she's in that. At least the first episode. I've only watched one, but she's in that as well. So it's been a good good Plummer week here at QHQ. Daughter of the. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Daughter of the uh, the late Christopher Plummer, mm. uh, so just a uh, little, little Hollywood royalty there. She rules. She is just wonderful here in this this like she's out of her mind on Kamala extract, uh, which you uh, got any candy? I think, yeah, <laughs> it's so bitter. She's got just like she's got it on her hand. She's licking it off like fun dip. <laughs> the uh, I, I I also want to point out that I, I've confused in the past um, the Kamala extract and Kamala, like uh, the, the pronunciation for our uh, vice president's name. Uh, and as far as I know, like you know, according to the the transcript here and in past um, closed captioning, it's spelled uh, Kamala Extract C H A M A L L A. Oh, but this time around, uh, the captions when I watched huh. it spelled it like Kamala, and I was like, "Well, that seems not That's right." So funny. Um, but yeah, so huh. she she's just like she she's getting getting wacky on. <laughs> Kamala extract, and she wants some candy. And Don't we all? The, the three is like, do I have any can- candy? No, no. Why would I have candy? candy. Do you ha- do you know what's going on right now? <laughs> uh, I, I love it because the, this Oracle character knows everything that's happening and possibly nothing uh, at the same time. <laughs> and she's like, Zeus sees all, sees you, number three, yeah. sees your pain. Your destiny, all the gods weep for you. And Deanna's like, "What the fuck did I just walk into?" Like you can see it on her eyes. Like mm-hmm. Lucy Lawless is just like, "The fuck!" <laughs> but she gets herself a bit of a prophecy uh, uh, that not only is the uh, the child Hera still alive, but uh, the number three will will hold the child. And she'll know what it is for the first time to feel true love. Oh. But you'll lose everything you've done here. I wish I had some chocolate caramels. <gasps> <laughs> Andrea has left the meeting. Oh, no. She's just... I hope you did she it. brings back ch- candy. You, you did it now, Caleb. She just couldn't handle the thought of... Losing everything she's she's built here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. Welcome back. Hi, I'm here. Previously, hello. I don't know what, what happens. happens. <laughs> I don't know. So what happens? She's doing ayahuasca. She's eating fun dip. And then, oh, the prophecy. I'm back. We got it. So sorry. 
just more wondering what happened to you. <laughs> I thought I was, I've never used I, a computer before. I thought I was closing a tab, but I accidentally closed the whole window. Oh, I've, I've done that for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andrea is fully over this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to get better Close. than Amanda Plummer. Close the tab, shut down the computer, <laughs> unplug everything, toss it in the garbage, mm-hmm. walk away. That's right. <laughs> Andrea finally said, fuck this, I'm binging the rest of the show, yeah, I can't take right. it anymore. <laughs> so, uh, now, after getting this this prophecy everywhere uh, Deanna goes through the, the city, she sees children and wonders, mm-hmm. like, could this be the one? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. It's, it's just it's, some, it's some random, random kid. Um. <laughs> There's a uh, a cut over to Galactica, where the the crew is preparing for the big rescue mission, and they um, they do a, a line of salt, like a like a literal line in the sand sort of thing on the deck. They they pour just a shit ton of salt. What a waste! Yeah, like it is a bit of a waste. I mean, salt is reasonably abundant in. Not in Dude. space. Presumably they land periodically on planets and asteroids and whatnot that have minerals from which they can extract salt. Okay. Well, they also have a, a fantastic uh, wastewater reclamation system that mm. uh, presumably would extract salt uh, as well. Still, like that's a lot of salt to just be poured on the floor and stepping on. Someone's got to clean it up. It's like a fucking... Like, so like the old style boxes of laundry detergent, the massive like borax boxes, <laughs> mm-hmm. but just like full of Mortons. Um, but like when I saw this, my first thought was, are they going to do a whole like, this is a volunteer mission and like anyone who wants to stay uh, and continue the search for Earth, you know, stand on this side mm-hmm. and he wants to go rescue our people. stand, And there's going to be a dramatic moment where like everybody goes to the one side and they're nope. like, yeah, we're with you. But no, it was uh, like, you know, they split the crews uh, between Galactica and Pegasus on either side. Uh, obviously not the, well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously not the whole crew since they're running running real lean on these. Uh, and they, they do a thing where they kind of like kick the salt aside and like um, kind of break away the, the dividing line between them while uh, one of the officers reads from the, the sacred scrolls and then they all hug and it's a very, very heartwarming moment. It is. I think they're rituals on this show. Their enemies will divide them. Their colonies broken in the fiery chasm of space. Their shining days renounced by a multitude of dark sacrifices, yet still they will remain always together. No. And I, and they all respond with always together, and then they erase the line. And, and they all kiss. Metaphorical. Yeah. There's a great moment where uh, Duala says to uh, uh, Hilo, you know, take care of the Admiral. He just says, take care of his son. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, of course, the very, very uh, tear-inducing, heartfelt oh, goodbye between God. Lee and Bill, uh, uh, where you know, like, I'll see you at the the rendezvous in 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 eighteen hours, and Paul's like, try not to be late, and he says, "I'm getting old. I'm a little slow, but I'll be there." <laughs> I I love how he almost exclusively delivers his lines and whispers these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Like, and there's so much power behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
especially compared to like the early episodes where he had to do the whole like so say we all which was yeah. great and like it was very very forceful very fiery and enthusiastic but like there is so much intensity and so much power behind just his quiet whisper mm-hmm. uh, like he doesn't need to raise his voice and people know exactly what he's saying yeah and uh i uh, i love him it's he's great. the best they need to stop shooting every single goodbye between these two like it's the last one they're going to have because yes. I can't I can't handle it anymore. Like the swelling, like, mm-hmm. uh, do we know what their theme is called? I forget. But that I like. I really think it is like the Adama theme or something like that. The Adama like that. theme. It's, it's, That's what I've it's been calling basically it. What, mm-hmm. basically what we think it is. Yeah. Um, and, and they did that. They do this thing sometimes where they... And I don't know enough about how cameras and film work, but I said it was the last time I remember seeing it is when um, Gaius was elected and it was announced. And it's like it looks like documentary footage and they do it there, too. And so it gets this kind of like grainy, yeah, like, uh, kind of like dreamy, almost mm. like soft make me cry kind of uh, effect. And just to, to really put a, you know, uh, a point on it. Uh, as Apollo's about to get in the Raptor, you know, the Admiral yells, you know, attention on deck, Commander Pegasus departing. Mm. And they salute each other. I think we might lose Lee. They're setting us up for, like, to, to think that like, somebody's not making it back from this. Mm-hmm. and it's But they have done that to us before with these two, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad feelings. All of this mm-hmm. has happened before. And all of it will happen again. Uh-oh, the hat's coming off. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just was feeling a little tight on my head. <laughs> the head swells throughout the day. I don't know if you know that human head. Oh, yeah. The old tight head. The old tight head. The old tight head, they called him. It's Caleb's new call sign. <laughs> tight head. Good old tight head. <laughs> we have multiple Dreda's contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a safe location while you listen to some ads <laughs> from us. Hooray! And that's Yay! how that works. So t- Goodbye. <laughs> Not goodbye. <laughs> goodbye for now, but we'll be back. In, In Eternia, we don't say goodbye. We say good journey. Good hunting? Good hunting. Goodwill hunting? It's not your fault. How do you like them apples? Hey, y'all. President of the podcast, Andrea here. And I want to tell you about a couple of Night Shift Radio shows that we think you're really going to love. First up is a little podcast called Left of the Dial, featuring a couple of familiar voices. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy. Huh? Talk about a different record they love. They also have really incredible guests on all the time. Uh, for example, a recent episode features Max Collins from Eve 6, King of Twitter, and a special surprise co-host. It's me. I'm the surprise co-host. Focusing on new and independent music, Left of the Dial is a great way to find your new favorite band. And I'd also like to recommend the Superpod Cast. You looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod Cast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in-depth with a different superhero movie. Classic of modern cinema, certified stinker, it doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. You start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod Hero Cast. doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod Hero Cast. Be heroic. And of course, you can find these and all of our other great shows at nsrad.io because it's rad and it's like radio you know i would eat an apple right now (laughs) quip
bragging. I had a banana earlier. Oh. They're they're like apples, but they're bananas. I had a blood orange. Ooh, I love a blood orange. I bought all the stuff to make fruit salad, and now it's just sitting in a bag in my fridge. It's never going to become salad. It's just going to slowly rot. I know where you were going with it. Yep. I thought that you were going to say that you bought all the stuff to make fruit, and I was like, so fruit? <laughs> <laughs> you bought fruit? Like, Which, yeah, is literally what you did, though. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you weren't wrong. But seeds and soil and water. And love and sunshine. I bought it all. Report! I thought that was my report, the thing about the fruit salad. So, uh, as she's stumbling around uh, New Caprica City, uh, New, New Jack City, mm-hmm. um, in a daze that makes me feel like you know, she's the one that's on Kamala Extract. Uh, Drag her. Number three runs into, uh, runs into Doc Cottle, who's like... Stepping out of a, a basically a mash, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's finally got his mash. First uh, of all, she first runs into Jake the dog. That's oh, true. I love Jake. She's, How come she knows like, his name? Why does everybody know Jake? Like, because he's the only dog. Of course, everyone knows him. Oh my god, he must be so lonely. I didn't even think about that. But everyone pets him, so it's okay. Okay. Do you think Jake the dog from Adventure Time is named after this Jake mm-hmm. the dog? That, that's that definitely out. yeah Yeah, absolutely they're the same that's dog can- actually that's canon little known fact same dog adventure time is what happens in his dreams <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> uh, I, I choose it, to believe that mm-hmm. but yeah i love this scene with uh with coddle because she asks him uh if it's human or cylon blood and he's like cylon you know one of the uh fives got shot or whatever and uh and she's like you could have just let him suffer and he's like it's not what I do. I love Cottle. I just, the best. I know. I just like, like he comes just like casually strolling out of that tent, just covered in blood, lights up a cigarette and sees her just like, can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him, you know, I'm having bad dreams. Like, didn't know your people had dreams. Not like a, a judgy, like, yeah, like, like, oh, the, like didn't know. Fracking toasters don't dream sort of <laughs> thing. Like, he's just like, oh, yeah. Today I'm one of the lucky ten thousand. <laughs> uh, yeah, and she asked him about uh, about the baby Hera. She's like, "Why did you cremate the body?" He's like, "Wasn't my decision. The president made the call." And she just like kind of runs her fingers through the blood, and, which is gross. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "It's funny because this stuff all looks the same, except under a microscope." Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, because hmm. one We're of them's silent. octagonal, and the other is blood is octagonal. I still, I can't get over that. Why is it octagonal? Why is everything in this show octagonal? Because of the uh, blood. It's this show is blood. full of DNA? unnecessary octagons. Uh huh. At one point when Hilo's walking around with a clipboard, which just feels like a very Hilo thing to do, uh, and the clipboard is octagonal, I'm just like, that's right, even the clipboards are octagonal. It's so silly. Though, have we stopped to question why everything here is square? Like, did you ever think about that? There is actually a reasoning behind it, Uh. and I don't remember what it is, Hmm. but I bet John Ryan could tell us. Hmm. Hmm? I imagine it's because it's easier to cut a square than an octagon I if mean, you're cutting something out of something. 
that's one 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 reason. That's one theory. In a list of many, I can think of why this is not the best use of anybody's time or resources on Galactica. Or on this podcast. I mean, why isn't everything three-dimensional and crystalline? Ah, hmm. Good hmm. question. <laughs> uh, and we cut to a uh, one of the cavils uh, explaining to uh, a bunch of other uh, Cylons... Uh, his traumatic experience dying, and uh, as we said, he's he's big mad about it. He he doesn't. He, this incredibly cruel individual who takes uh, a perverse joy in the the oppression and uh, the the violence towards the humans that they they've conquered here on New Caprica. Uh, really took it uh, took offense to Celix saying, "I hope it hurts a long time." <laughs> And they just left me in a in the hot sun with a bullet in my guts. And I like the fucking smugness mm-hmm. of the Doral to turn to Baltar and say, "What a noble race you are!" <laughs> Fuck you, Doral. <laughs> You're about to Nobody execute a you. shitload of yeah. people. Yeah, you just sent a bunch of people to die, and it blew up in your faces, uh, quite literally, for a couple of you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You fucking dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I I was trying to say deserved and earned at the same time. You earned it. It sounded like you said you dirt, which is you uh, dirt, you dirt, <laughs> all of you. I like you it. Dirt. He also lets us know uh, that apparently resurrection sucks. Like he says, the first one was was a headache, mm-hmm. but this time, this is his third time now. Uh, it's like a hot poker right to the skull, mm-hmm. and uh, that's interesting to know that it it uh, it sucks and it gets worse every time. Yeah. And I love how he says, you know, it's, it's not worth it. None of this is worth it. And uh, Baltar's like, he's he's right, you know. It's not worth it, which I, I believe is what I've been telling you all along. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Caprica, can you please control him? Fucking Doral. Fuck you, Doral. <laughs> you just shot her, like, an episode ago. Yeah. Why, why should she listen to anything you say? And he's like, why don't, Baltar's like, why don't you just shoot me? If that'll remedy the situation, he's done. He's over it. Yeah, he really is. And again, I have to say that for for all of his faults, I genuinely don't believe that Baltar is a bad, like evil, malicious person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he makes a lot of terrible and a lot of selfish uh, decisions. And I think he, a lot of what he uh, he's found himself in, he like he brings on himself. But (laughs) when it comes down to like he just. He just wants to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love the, they, the, the silence are realizing like, you know, we, we used to be able to like, we, we agreed on everything. We came to consensus. Like it, they were the fucking buddy bears. <laughs> if you ever disagree, it means that you were wrong. Oh, we are the buddy bears. We always get along. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Tell me you watched Scarfield and Friends. Uh, but you know, it's not so easy for them anymore. And uh, you know, Doral makes the comment, "You know, if worst comes to worst, we can always nuke the city and be done with it." Which, again, fuck you, Doral. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just leave? Just yeah, go. Like, nobody asked you to be here. <laughs> just fucking leave. I just, I, I, I understand that like this whole thing is meant to to drive the the plot forward and that <laughs> it's the the like is intentionally supposed to show that they you know they're they're making 
uh, you know, kind of the same mistakes and stumbling the, very much the way that the humans that they're supposed to be superior to have done in the past. But at the same time, it's just so... Why are you here? Yeah, what is he? What are we even doing? Uh, just, just, just fucking go. Get in your spaceship and fucking go. It's just so clear that none of them know what they're supposed to be doing or what the right move is or even what they really want at yeah. this point, I think. Well, and they're also very fractured because uh, mm-hmm. they, they had this whole purpose and plan of destroying humanity. And then a couple of leaders rose up between like uh, Boober and Caprica six. And they're like, no, there's another way. And then they made this decision to come to new Caprica and everything has gone horribly wrong. And now there's little, looks like little pockets of division and, you know, is Cavill in charge or did they look to Caprica or is it really, uh, Deanna, because it's not Doral. Fuck Doral. Fuck Doral. <laughs> More like Dorkle, am I right? <laughs> right? He's not a Doralable anymore. No. His suits are just, they're just looking cheap these days. <laughs> uh, and uh, meanwhile, in the insurgent tent, mm-hmm. which uh, wasn't it the, wasn't it the bunker before? I feel like mm-hmm. we had, we had the insurgent bunker. It was a much cooler name. The Tent Bunker. Uh, uh, although there is, we find out there actually is a bunker. Mm-hmm. They, hidden under a rug is a yeah. trap door that goes into a little underground uh, cavern uh, where they, they keep uh, people and plans and machinery and, and whatnot in true bunker fashion. Um, the old trap door under the rug. The old trap door under the rug. And uh, Anders... He, the pyramid uh, player, the pyramid player. So. He, re- he recommends that they uh, that they put Ellen down there because mm. this is the point where he gets to tell the uh, the XO the the bad news that uh, the Cylons had the map that she was supposed to burn, and uh, she tries to deny it, and she's like, "Come on, <laughs> like do you do you really do you really think that that we're buying any of this?" Mm-hmm. And uh, we get some more great eye acting from Michael Hogan here. <laughs> yes. And they, uh, they put her in the dungeon, so to speak, uh, where we find out they're also keeping uh, Maya and uh, what are they called? Isis, Isis. Uh, who, we, who we know as Hera. They're Which keeping her down there. Interesting because Isis is an Egyptian goddess, as was pointed out to me by um, the good Dr. Cohen. And now I think this is the first name we've had that isn't... Isn't like Greco-Roman? Yeah. I mean, we've had, like, I don't, you know... Like Steve and and Jake and stuff. But in terms of these, like, main characters with these kinds of really, you know... Yeah. Yeah. I I believe you're right. I can't think of uh, any off the top of my head that... I mean, even the... The like seemingly seemingly random places like Pergamus Flats uh, is Greek mythology. So um, yeah, it just it, seems like an intentionally like you didn't have to pick a different culture's god. So I don't know what to make of that. Well, what we don't know, or at least I don't recall if we know, is where Maya is supposed to be from, like which colony, and if perhaps that colony has some sort of like splinter belief system that hmm. uh, overlaps with uh, what would have on Earth been more of a Egyptian or like 
uh, like Southern Mediterranean region. That would be really uh, interesting to to know more about. I hadn't thought about things like that. Hmm. Yeah. This is like... I, someday we'll get to really explore... Uh, the, these details, uh, but not now because you can't you can't Google search anything. No. Uh, but you know, Rosalind insists to Anders that no matter what, these two people, this woman and her child, are the most important people on the planet. Uh, and and I can't tell you why. But I they can't are. tell you why. And he's just like, I don't really understand what what you're telling me. Like, why? Why are they so important? I just, she may very well be the shape of things to come. That's either a blessing or a curse. Great. Can you can you be a little less vague? Can you give me anything? Just trust me, okay? Oh, yeah, here we go. They do refer to it as insurgent bunker again. So nice. we have insurgent tent and insurgent bunker. That's the layers <laughs> of the hideout. Um, Shit's got more layers than tiramisu. Oh, oh boy. Oh. It's, no, it's, it's want, just got the two. I want to tear Masu Mao so bad. <laughs> God, me too. God damn it. God so damn it. Look Someone send did. us some tiramisu, please. I'm so nodding. We, uh, <laughs> we get a, a rundown of the, the various weapons that they have available. Um, you know, Chief says that they've got some arms and munitions stashed throughout the city, which bold move with uh, the silence all around. And uh, one of the Marines has some... Uh, some mortar and RPGs and shoulder-mounted anti-aircraft missiles aboard the Raptor. They came prepared. Matthias is fucking ready. Not uh, fucking around. Matthias is not fucking around. And uh, I, I like Matthias. <laughs> She's ready for shit to go down. Uh, and so they, they, um, they have this plan where uh, Boomer... Right, but no, not not Boomer. Uh, other Sharon. Sharon. See, th- that's why this is so confusing. Uh, other Sharon is uh, Boomer uh, disguised. Two. Yeah, Boomer Two, Electric Silo Lou. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's nothing. Boogalon. <laughs> like it's yeah yeah. There we go. I got there eventually. Um, <laughs> where uh, other Sharon is disguised herself as just a, a random eight and is wandering around the city uh, looking to collect the launch keys. And uh, she finds where she finds the star Cylon safety deposit boxes. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking well, Cylon bank. I do want to point out that um, I can't remember if it's Anders who says they're like, you should leave your, your colonial dog tags here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if they spot them, they'll, they'll know it's you. And she's like, absolutely not. Do you have any idea how hard I worked for these? Aww. Which is both fair and also stupid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, um, also, I feel like she didn't work that hard for them because, like, five minutes ago, she was like, fuck everything. I don't care about anything. Five minutes and a year and a half ago. Okay, I guess. I guess we don't know what, what she did in the past year. Obviously, she must have done something mm-hmm. for uh, Adama to uh, commission her. But anyway, I just thought that was a cool moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for her to be the only one that he trusts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she finds the safety deposit boxes and, oh, like, Opens up one that uh, presumably belongs to one of the other eights, because in it is a colonial sidearm and apparently all the launch keys, which feels like maybe not the the most secure way to store things. (laughs) If any number eight can just walk in, yell out a drawer number, and it'll pop up, and then, like, there's the key to getting off the planet. Yeah. Uh, But she's cornered by a, a three. 
It was like, you know, I know who you are. You're not going to get away with this. And she's like, watch me and fucking kneecaps her with the pistol. (laughs) Kind of (laughs) rules. She's like, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to let you follow me either. I'm like, Mm -hmm. badass. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, the, the chief is, uh, ready to, to give the signal to, uh, hit, you know, the detention center, the power station, a bunch of critical facilities and create a bunch of chaos so that the moment Galactica and Pegasus arrive, uh, you know, the, the silence will be too caught off guard to do anything about it. And our, our friend Matthias is like, no Pegasus, just Galactica. Like, why not? What happened? Don't know. Way beyond <laughs> my pay grade. But we find out that they've, uh, they've designated, uh, block captains to help cover the, uh, the evacuation to the the designated ships. Uh, they've got pilots that are ready to go as soon as they get the launch key. And like, um, they've actually managed to practice all of this under the cover of, uh, just regular disaster drills, which I think is probably the most brilliant part of this plan Mm -hmm. is that like they, they have this very intricate, well thought out, uh, evacuation plan ready at a moment's notice. And we're able to practice it right under the Cylon's noses. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree that they did that. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you agree. I wonder, so we, we've talked a lot about the, the numerology in this show. Uh, and I'm curious, I, I don't have an answer, but I'm curious if drawer 378 uh, has any significance. That's the drawer in which she finds the the sidearm and the the launch keys, and it's a three or it's an eight that's opening the drawer, and it's a three that finds her. Who's number I seven? Think, I don't think we know. Hmm. Uh, oh, actually, number seven. Anders. Anders is seven. Oh, number seven is one that we can't talk about. Anders. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about Anders. Then. I don't mind. So. Uh, Okay, hold on. So Holy. three plus seven is ten. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Plus eight is eighteen. Yeah, you did it. Which is how old you have to be to buy a beer on Caprica. Which is I I got nothing. And three tells her that Hera's alive, and she doesn't <laughs> believe it because she doesn't think the old man would lie to her. Uh, as she walks away, as, as you mentioned, she shoots her in the kneecaps and. The three is just like, you're wrong, you're wrong. And uh, she goes out uh, distributing the, the launch keys, has an odd little chat with uh, the chief about the like uh, Kelly and the chief's son's name. Kelly and the chief. But it, it does make sense because she's just been told that her daughter that she believes is dead was alive. And she, as she walks away, she's, you know, make sure Kelly never lets that kid out of her sight. Uh, and the chief's just like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that under advisement. Uh-huh. Yep. Back on Galactica. Galactica. Back Galactica. Go back Galactica. The Admiral gets on the, gets on the, the PA. The horn. Gets on the horn. It's the Admiral. You've heard the news. You know, the mission. You should also know there's only one way this mission ends, and that's with the successful rescue of our people on New Caprica. Look around you. Take a good look at the men and women that stand next to you. Remember their faces. For one day, you will tell your children and your grandchildren that you served with such men and women as the universe has never seen. 
And together you accomplish defeat that will be told and retold down through the ages. And find immortality as only the gods once knew. I'm proud to serve with you. Good hunting. Hangs up the phone. Begin jump prep. Uh, Hilo gives the weakest call to action stations I've ever heard in my life and scene. It's so good. I mean, the Adama part, not the Hilo part, but oh, it's just, God. That's like, there is so much power and emotion in Adama's speech there. And I really wish they had just ended it with begin jump prep. Yeah. Because Hilo just fucking takes the, the wind right out of the moment. Like, God damn it. God damn it. Just stand Hilo. there and look good. <laughs> You're barely doing that. <laughs> I I just, Adava, he he delivers that in such a way that for the first couple of seconds, I was like, it sounds like Adama knows this for a fact and is reporting back from the future. Like, mm-hmm. he, you can't go into that not feeling like... So assured and ready to go. And uh, God, he rolls. I love him so much. There's only one way this mission ends. It's <gasps> <laughs> like, like that, like that's the kind of confidence you need in a leader. Mm-hmm. Like, God. or all, the kind of confidence in, a leader needs in you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, it, it's um, also like kind of, unspokenly acknowledging that like, yeah, this could go horribly wrong. We could all die here. But as far as we're concerned, this ends with success or not at all. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to end in success. I mean, I don't know what, what could possibly happen in Exodus part two. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrea. Uh, besides the uh, the success of the rescue mission, any uh, <laughs> any thoughts, any theories? I guess success is a relative term because I can't imagine they're just going to, you know, uh, land, rescue everybody, hop out. Um, like they're picking baby. up their kids from soccer practice. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Hilo comes out with the orange slices. Um, I feel pretty sure that Hera is going to end up, that everybody's going to... The image that I had in my head, um, and I don't know how this happens, is uh, Galactica taking off with however many of our people don't die in this rescue mission with um, Xena holding Hera in her arms and, like, maybe she's the only one left or something. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why, because that's literally the prophecy. But, like, I don't know... I don't know the steps that will Um, happen to lead to that, but... I hope there's a big, um, you know, uh, Indiana Jones, I believe it's the Temple of Doom. No, who's that? The Yeah, no, it's the Temple of Doom, um, oh. where the, the opening scene where there's like, he's trying to get the antidote for the poison he just drank and there's like chaos and like, it's, you know, he gets it and then he drops it and someone else picks it up. And I hope that's what it's like with Hera where like the Cylons get her, but then they slip and suddenly like Callie has her and then like she slips and then (laughs) like, yeah, exactly. That's what I want. Um, I've been playing a ton, ton, ton of Hades. Um, and so it's, it's been fun to hear when they say Zeus, she, when, uh, Amanda Plummer, I, as if I've never heard of the Greek gods before Battlestar, but it's just very exciting <laughs> to go from talking to Uncle Zeus um, to being here talking again about a show with with Zeus mentioned. That's all. The only thing that I will say 
is that it is not an exaggeration at all when I tell you that, in my opinion, the greatest moment in all of sci-fi history happens in the next episode. Oh, if it's what I think you think, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know exactly yep. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Two sixes kiss. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. only. Oh, okay. Or is it? Or is it? Or is it? Uh, no, and I, you will know exactly when it happens. Oh, and no. I, I want you to, to say that you've seen it when you've seen it because... I want to share the moment with you. You know, uh, I, I, I will. Kitsy and I are recording in separate locations, so I'm not watching until Friday. But um, I said separate locations as if one of us is in a secret bunker. We're just both at our own <laughs> homes right now. <laughs> hey, here's one of my theories. Hmm. Is that if our um, listeners head on over to uh, left of the dial.fm slash listen, they can hear a really cool interview um with uh our new best friend max collins the guy from eve six who we got that to was, talk to that was weeks ago well yeah but this is the first Should, that's else? the first time that we've we've been in a room together since that mm-hmm. that's no, fair we we, yeah. we recorded something else last night yeah we did but this i can't is even the first keep track time of our second listeners that's um, true we are we're meeting with them and yeah. i want them to know because it was fun and good well, yeah. A couple, so that that episode came out a couple weeks ago, if I'm doing my math right, and it was very fun and good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say about it. Yeah, it's a good I theory. St- I still don't know how we tricked the guy from Eve Six into being on our dumb music podcast, but you just ask. That's all you gotta do. Apparently, I don't know why more people don't just start asking people to do stuff. They'll do it. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, so on that note, those... I'm going to ask you to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast ha, and uh, go ahead and, and tell a friend, tell a friend about how fun and cool and unique and uh, engaging this show is and make them listen to every episode. Mm-hmm. And while you do that, we're going to spool up our FTL drives and make the jump to New Caprica with the Galactica. And we're going to make this rescue. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.